Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of The Matcha Diaries, the podcast where your hosts Cara and Leo discuss a new topic close to our hearts each week or, like in this case, interview an inspiring guest. This week we chat to Emily, the incredible host of the What Fulfills You podcast, as well as creator of the Elite Skatewear brand and even her own social media agency, all at the age of 23. We had such an amazing time talking to her that our conversation actually ended up being too long for just one episode, so this is part one. In this episode, we chat about overcoming cultural differences, dealing with criticism, growing from adversities, and so much more. As always, we hope you enjoy and definitely send us a DM on Instagram to let us know your thoughts on the episode. started could you just give our listeners like a quick intro about you for people who may not know you yet yeah so quick intro about myself um I'm Emily Elizabeth born and raised from a very small town in Pennsylvania and so that's on the east coast for those who are international and don't are not as familiar with um United States and kind of like where each area is so I'm about like I was born and raised about two and a half hours from New York City um, and then when I was 18, I moved to Southern California. I went to college in a city in Irvine, Newport Beach, which is about 45 minutes south of Los Angeles. Um, went there for four years. And kind of prior to that, though, I was a competitive figure skater and tennis player for 12 years in both sports. And so that was kind of part of my background in um, growing my business, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But um, yeah, I graduated in 2019, May 2019. And then I started working in sales as my nine to five job. So um, I still do that today. And then I also have my business elite skatewear, which is a custom figure skating dress brand, um, primarily with my background in skating. And then I also do like social media marketing through my my agency and then also podcasting as well and many other ventures. So it'll sound like a lot, but um, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it honestly amazes me. <laughs> it's crazy because I just, I mean... Also, when we were obviously researching you, I saw that you graduated from college in 2019, which is the same year that I graduated. So yeah, it, it is crazy, like how much you've. I mean, I, I messaged Leo. Yeah, I messaged Leo, being like, "She's 22. Like, what the heck? How, how is she the same age as us?" But I mean, makes sense. Yeah, you've got much to teach us on this episode. We are ready to yeah to hear and consume all your wisdom. <laughs> but yeah awesome. at the beginning of uh every episode we usually go through our highs and lows and since you are our special guest do you want to maybe tell us your highs and lows of this week highlight of this week um honestly kind of random but i think like getting my haircut so i got my haircut yesterday and so if you guys like watched my instagram stories on the podcast i was like going about like what the hairstyle is gonna do and the past three years i've done this yeah. hairstyle where it's just pretty much more of like a medium blunt cut so like the length kind of looks even and then finally mm -hmm. I was just like okay you know what I leave my hair natural a lot now like I rarely strain my hair and so for me I was like since I don't really do my hair anymore it looks yeah. good wavy but in order for it to look really good wavy I should get some like you know more layers and stuff so I finally added some of that and like some like yeah. bangs as they call it so. it's so good <laughs> thank you bangs. the typical like the tiktok really? hairstyle yeah, yeah. that is trending it is. at I the saw moment it and I was like, you know I think it would look good on me so it looks really good thank you um so yeah that's my high uh low I mean it's only been like two days for the week so far so I can't really say there's been much of a low um but I think just like I, I guess, like, the low would be maybe, like, slight anxiety and stress for, like, for no reason, but just kind of, like, this uneasy feeling of, oh, my God, I have a little bit to catch up on, even though I can't really think of what it is that I actually need to catch up on. But um, I feel like there's that's, an, yeah. that's a feeling I have all the time with just doing what I do. So that's probably the low. But other than that, not much so far, which is oh. good. <laughs> I hate that feeling, though. I know exactly what you mean. 
And mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it comes from, but it's like just like this this low hum of like anxiety in the back of my mind is like, oh, I should be doing something or like I'm doing something. I, I'm forgetting to do something. And sometimes I've actually forgotten to do something, but most of the time <laughs> I haven't. And it's just, mm-hmm. I don't exactly know. I have to like analyze when, at what points, like my brain is, is trying to tell me something with that feeling. I don't know. Yeah. No, I usually know. I just feel tightness in my chest. That's my. That's how I know I have anxiety. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> and it is so interesting what you were saying, obviously, about like your background, like growing up in figure skating and and tennis I saw some of like your ice skating videos and they're mesmerizing like I I think there's rarely any sport that's so fascinating as that one um I don't know if you've watched spinning out the series I haven't (laughs) I don't think so oh it's so good I can highly recommend but it's all centered around ice skating so ever since I was watching that show I'm very obsessed um, <laughs> but yeah so obviously your backstory is super interesting so maybe you could just give us like a bit more of like a detailed rundown of like how you got to where you are today yeah yeah so I guess the the first main thing that I started was my business elite skatewear which I started around the age of 17 and hmm. people are always wondering how I started it so young and truly it's because of I would contribute or I would attribute to like my bratty personality as a teenager, which I think many of us <laughs> kind of go through more or less during our teenage years. And I just couldn't find a dress that fit my style and my vibe at the time. And I was like, I think the song I was skating to was Swan Lake. And I wanted just more of a, I don't know, darker vibey version of it versus like a mm. classical dress to it. And I couldn't find a dressmaker that could really put together what I wanted and so I essentially I don't even think I used Pinterest at the time but I essentially made a Pinterest board for myself and put together uh pieces that I liked and was like oh I like this piece I like this piece and um I showed it to my mom and I said do you know if there's a way that we could just give this to an actual dress manufacturer and they could just make it for me um versus mm-hmm. like going to a dressmaker and, and having them do the, the design process and everything and long story short they we were able to do that and um pretty much from there when I wore it to competitions I would have competitors and skaters come up to me saying where'd you get that dress from like that's so cool and it was the reason why they were oh. saying that because it was a 17 year old designing it and wearing it for a 17 year old versus a classic dressmaker who's usually like a mom and pop shop who, you know, they're in their 40s, 50s, and they're older, and they're designing it for a 17-year-old, but they're still very out of touch with what 17-year-olds like today, right? This generation has changed so much. And so from there, that's when I got the idea, like, wait a second, why, like, could I replicate this? Could I make this for other people as well and, like, sell it? And that's when um, eBay at the time was really popular as well. And so I started selling on eBay. I sold uh, plenty of times in the UK um, to Germany and many international countries because at the time eBay had such wide international access. It was very trusted mm-hmm. and it still is very trusted by um, customers and, and so forth. So I listed just a bunch of designs on there, sold it as like a custom made to fit option where people would send in their measurements and it would be made tailored to their measurements and they'd get the same exact dress, but made to fit them. And they'd get it mm-hmm. in like four to six weeks. And that's kind of how my business started. And from there, um, I was once I got older and more knowledgeable in business and scaling a business, I started uh, opening my own e-commerce shop. So I made my own website sometime during college. And then um, from there, I expanded into stores. So now I have dresses in stores throughout the U.S. and Canada. Um, yeah, so that's kind of just how that's expanded. <laughs> so cool. and Pretty much, I think my hands-on experience in building my business is the reason why I'm able to do all the things I do today because I understand every facet of a business, whereas most people, when you work in a specific role, you only understand maybe like marketing or sales or whatever part mm-hmm. that is. But for me, I had to do the sales. I had to do the marketing. Yeah, you had to figure it all out. Exactly. <laughs> so um, that's kind of the foundation for me, in my opinion, of what allowed me to, to explore all the options I have today. This might be a personal question, and mm-hmm. I'll I'll remove it if it is too personal. Care. But um, so were your were your parents supportive in this? Because I can imagine at a young age, 
them being like focus on school you know like you mm-hmm. need to put your energy in you know your work and everything so I'm just wondering like were they supportive yeah um they actually were uh I will say though they they were supportive because they didn't think that it was going to scale to the level it has grown um and mm-hmm. and because they they kind of just always believed oh like yeah she's making they, they didn't really know the financials of my business they didn't know like they actually <laughs> when I started telling them I was going to start pitching to stores and pitching to wholesalers and getting into retail stores for my dresses to be there they're like okay nice like they were just saying that to be nice right and then when i and 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 when i did they're like oh and and they kind of didn't really get it and so i think it was more so of them being blind to the fact that i was about to do something that was going to really change the industry in skating and mm. um and i don't blame them for like i don't want to say they were doubting me but they were just kind of saying oh like it's probably a side thing maybe she's making like a couple thousand a month like they're thinking like that's not going to you know yeah. make make her a living or whatever but they they so that's why they didn't worry about it but had they actually yeah. realized I was putting a lot more focus in that than school um which funny enough as well like with my like culture being asian and vietnamese something i never hesitate to talk about but like obviously mm-hmm. with that being said parents especially of my parents generation they want me to focus on school, get good grades, whatever. Yeah. And I think that's any parent's desire is for you to be successful as a kid and just be able to feed yourself and, you know, do well in life, right? And um, I tell my dad later on, like, when after I graduated from college, like, I failed calculus and he was – and I just told him, yeah, I just waited. I was so excited to tell you because uh, I, I knew, like, you would freak out had I told you back in, like, freshman year of college <laughs> – but um, but now I tell him and I'm like, what are you going to do? Yell at me now because I graduated yeah. with a 3.7 GPA, but I still failed. And so I just kind of remind them, like, there are so many things I did not share that you would have flipped out on. You would have been super worried mm-hmm. about. And I obviously came out a lot better than expected. So, like, that kind of is an example of why they should not worry too much about where I put my focus. Because I think sometimes, yeah. not all the time, but sometimes the child does know what is better for them in terms of like the next step so yeah <laughs> no, that's a really good answer <laughs> I think you've just got to let your kids like make their own mistakes and I think if it's like about supporting mm-hmm. your side hustles even if as, as a parent you don't know where it's going to go even if it goes nowhere but it's just something where your kid learns to put passion into something and like dedicate their time to something I think that's mm-hmm. yeah. already worth a lot so even if your skateware business like it's still experience off, yeah mm-hmm. mm. I think something else too I learned along the way is from other entrepreneurs that have been more successful than me um, because they're a couple years ahead a lot of them told me to actually not mention the process to my parents and to actually avoid sharing any, you know, um, like what you're actually doing or what your vision is to parents, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and these were actually some of the kids that are similar background, similar ethnic background. And so they understood the clash and belief with, with our parents' generation. And many of them, um, were able to avoid telling their parents and they only told them once it was actually successful. Because if you tell your parents yeah. halfway through the process, they're always going to feed you these doubts and it's going to, clash with your progress it's stress you out even exactly more. so I uh, rarely at least I try to not tell my parents like what I'm actually up to and kind of where it's going although I do share with my dad but um, I try to practice this balance of not sharing too much and then also not letting their opinions or their thoughts affect me because I have to remember they grew up when there was no cell phones and we have, yeah. you know, all yeah. of this now. Like they grew up in a generation where remote work is a different exactly. world. They don't understand it's it's completely different mm-hmm. now. So to me, I just I just tell myself that all the time that their opinion, although it's valid, it really is not applicable in your world today anymore. That's so interesting. Cara, is this like interesting for you to hear? Because obviously my parents and Cara's parents, like we're from very different cultures. So I think there has been like Mm -hmm. a difference in our families, like reacting to us. I mean, obviously we've just started the podcast like a few months ago, but I don't know. I think it is definitely like there is a cultural difference in upbringing and I don't know, reactions and families interest. Yeah, I mean, I've told you this all the time. I'm always like, I'm always like, Leo, can your parents adopt me? Like, I need this encouragement <laughs> that they're giving you. Aww. Because I, I mentioned to my parents, I was like, oh, I'm starting this podcast with Leo. Like, we're so, I'm so excited about it. Da, 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 da. And they were just like, oh, cool. And like, my mom tends, <laughs> ten, 
sent my mom sent a thumbs up and that was it and like now when I tell them like oh I'm recording da, 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 it's just like thumbs up and they don't really like they don't even listen to the to the podcast either uh-huh. it's like okay it's fine but I think mm-hmm. I think it is a cultural thing but also they're they're not really tech savvy as well so I don't even think they have Spotify <laughs> access a podcast yeah so. i'm grateful my parents can't listen to my podcast because <laughs> that i feel like i definitely am really open on there and like a lot of the things that i say my mom would tell me like emily if you share this to the rest of the world they're gonna Don't share this. yeah she would tell me like it's personal information yeah. they're gonna use this against yeah you. she would say that and like also that people would look down on me if i like share some of those things like you know in like mm. today's world a lot of us talk about like dating mm. and there's podcasts like call her daddy that are like super popular and even a little bit too open right and I think it's really funny because they have no idea like I'm like if you think the stuff that I say would make people look down on me you have no (laughs) idea what is like literally out there because I'm like I keep it pretty PG and honest and that's like (laughs) yeah it's it's not even that far-fetched but for yeah. her it is, yeah. And then there's Leo's parents that, that have come up to it, like us while we're recording or uh, just video calling. They're like, we love how vulnerable you were in this Aww. episode and how you shared all this information. And it's really important that there's others out there. You know, they, they need to hear this. And I'm like... That is <laughs> so funny. Like- no, I've, I've said that all my life too. Like I have obviously a lot of American, more so Caucasian <laughs> friends. And, you know, I got to like yeah. grow up and like hang out with them. I spent Thanksgiving with one of my really close friends from college and she's your classic like, you know, white girl from San Diego with like, you know, um, a white family. And it's like very, it's cool to me though to like kind of compare and contrast cultures. I feel like mm-hmm. I've been able to grow and, and like take what I love from each. And I um, definitely yeah. feel like it, it's that part of that culture is going to be something I incorporate more into my future family or future relationships just because that's my personal philosophy. But I'm grateful to just be more level-headed now on it just accepting like that's just a cultural thing and you know it is what it is um but you don't have to let it bother you too much which it definitely has been in the past like that's been like a a battle for me but something I'm getting better at so (laughs) yeah I relate to that so much maybe it's actually a good like preparation for the future like learning how to you know rise above people's like judgment or people's comments and like knowing when to take them to heart like when criticism is maybe valid and when I don't know you can you can rise above Mm -hmm. it and like not let it bother you because I guess the bigger platform grows the more I'm sure like judgment and negative comments like you just automatically have to face but still let it not like bother the way (laughs) you see yourself Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know if I told you this Leo my sister this is completely off topic but my sister uh, uploaded a TikTok of my boyfriend like touching her leg as a joke because like, he like he went to to go reach something and he just touched her leg and we ended up going viral on tiktok we had like two hundred fifty thousand uh views on it but we got so much hate on it people were like you deserve better this guy is such an asshole like da 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 and it was just it was the first time i've ever gotten like online hate it was just so funny to experience what yeah they were all like he's clearly sleeping with your twin uh, you deserve so much better it was just it was so funny <laughs> but yeah first time i experienced oh my god is this your is this your sister's tiktok yeah yeah i'm gonna have to look at that after this call it's so funny but yeah so i know what it's like to get hate online (laughs) tiktok is wild wow (laughs) but yeah emily have you like what have your experiences been with it have you ever like had to deal with i don't know judgment from others or like apart from your parents or i mean not that your parents judge you but you know what i mean (laughs) Um, yeah, no, it's really funny. Um, (laughs) I would say for me, my main judgment and like my main obstacle with like, I don't even want to say criticism, but just with like anything thrown at me is with my parents, really. Like it's, it's ironic because I feel like for most people, especially in America, it's kind of swapped. People are more sensitive to like what strangers say and they're less sensitive to what their parents say, at least from what I see my friends are. And I'm the opposite where I could literally give two shits of like someone says something poorly about me and I really don't care if I mm. say something on on a podcast and people like judge me for it like to me I don't care and it's really weird because most people would tell you it should be reversed and that you should like save face and and not have people think of you in a certain way but to me I'm like people are going to think of me in any way that they want anyways it's already through their own filter and already through their own framework mm-hmm. so I can't really correct that and I don't really have the desire to, but, um, I would say for me, yeah, it's mainly just about my parents. And I think 
I get bothered by the misunderstanding of my way of thinking and maybe my approaches to relationships or my approaches to friendship. Like even for example, like a big um, element of me as a friend is that I try to encourage my friends to do something better. Like if I have a friend that tells me, you know, this is actually a real life example. I have a friend as of recent, like been telling me since October, she wants to lose 10 pounds. And I'm like, that's awesome. Come to Pilates with me. She literally lives like three minutes away from me in her own apartment. And I tell, I tell her, I can come pick you up in the morning and take you there. Like, you know, and so I think um, I'm a little bit of more of a tough love kind of friend, which can definitely rub people, some people the wrong way. And I think I try to avoid yeah. having friends that, that would rub the wrong way. Or I also just avoid maybe doing too much tough love on those type of friends. But um, my mom, for example, would say, that's a very poor quality in a friend. So that's a great example. She would say, like, no, you should not encourage your friend to, like, go to work out with you. Like, that could be, t- she would consider that as, like, too intense or that's, like, doing too much as a friend. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe, I don't know, 70% of people would say, no, that's actually being a really good friend because you're helping them get towards a goal that they have repeatedly said at least five times. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to lose yeah. weight. I keep eating ice cream, you know, and I'm like, okay, awesome. You're sharing this with me. I want to help you. Like, if you want me to help you, I can help you with that. But I think um, with my culture, it's more thought of as you should stay out of it and let people do it. Yeah, and Mm, and that's totally fine too. If people do that, like all the best to them, I completely respect that. I'm just saying for for my standards, like I want to bring value as a friend. I don't want to just tell you something to make you feel good. I also want to bring like sustainable value that would make you be like wow Emily helped me in this sector of my life and you can look back later on and be like wow I'm really appreciative of that even though I didn't like it at the time I actually really did need it need it and now this is where I am today so that's kind of my perspective on it (laughs) I do think that's so important though to have those friends because I know that we did like an episode on on friendships in your 20s and I know that what I've learned throughout the years is that I actually, I don't need friends in my life who just are like, yes, men to me. And are just like, whatever I say, Mm -hmm. like, yes, yes, that's fine. Like, you're doing great. Like, I need, or I really appreciate those friends that tell me, yeah, that tell me their honest opinion, even if it maybe not, even if it's not what I maybe want to hear in that moment, because, you know, you can then continuously just like be living in your own head if you're not actually you know Mm -hmm. seeking out honest opinions of the people that that do know you and want the best for you obviously there's no point in somebody's just telling you something because they want to see you fail but you know (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. that's actually really. then you just have bad friends (laughs) yeah I think that's actually like a really good quality in a friend to have yeah yeah I I personally agree I personally agree with that but yeah I obviously I have people like my mom tell me all the time like Emily you're gonna lose a lot of friends people are never gonna like you and it's like so funny it's like actually really like demeaning things to say and I by the way I still love my mom I think she's still a really great person and and I, I'm yeah, really yeah. grateful that I've come to a place in life where I realize like it is not her fault for believing these things that is just her culture and her generation and even with that like hmm. parents in my culture they don't apologize to children even when they're wrong I don't know if that's the same for you but like that is certainly for for mine and um, I would joke. I finally came to terms with it, and I joked with my mom. Like, my mom claimed that she would still apologize um, in rare, in certain occasions if she was wrong. And there's been like certain things where she had accused me of doing something and it was absolutely false. And I would ask her to apologize to me, and she wouldn't. But then I was like getting angry. But then I was like, wait, let me let me reframe this. And I asked my mom, um, how about grandma? It was someone I've only met like not even once really. She was low key like she was about to pass away as I met her when I was seven years old. So I never really had a relationship with my grandparents because just like, during the Vietnam War and like them coming to America and stuff. But um, I asked mm-hmm. my mom, like, would your mom apologize to you? Or like, or like, would you ask for an apology if um, she was wrong? And she's like, Oh, absolutely not. Like, they would they would never like apologize to us. <laughs> absolutely not. They would just make us cry and like tell us to go away and whatever. And I laughed and I joked with her and I said, oh, that's so funny. I would would have never survived under, like, your parents' roof. And I just tried to, like, make it more silly yeah. like that. And she was laughing, too. Yeah. And so I'm really just, I have to say, like, I'm proud of myself for reframing yeah. like that because I think a year or two ago I would have been just, like, mm. so angry. I'm like, why can't you see it from my perspective? And now I'm just, like, joking, you know, trying to bring sarcasm to it. Like, you know what? So great. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that you're a little bit better than, like, 
what you probably had experienced because I definitely would not have survived under that kind of thinking because I'm, you know, obviously more open now. Yeah, sometimes that's the only way you can handle those exactly. situations. Yeah, exactly. but like I, I feel the same way sometimes with my mom because she doesn't, she will apologize if it's like, it's if it's, you know, something she really needs to apologize for. But mm. other times she'll just come in with like a bowl of fruits and that's her way of being like, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually so true. Yeah, there's this joke my, my Vietnamese uh, friend said, she's like, Yeah, you know, our parents will never apologize verbally, but they'll just, you know, try to feed you a lot of good food yeah. to apologize. <laughs> and I'm like, shut up. I relate to that yeah. so much. It's so funny. But yeah, all you can do is laugh about it and just kind of make it a muscle to kind of like, you know, not take it too personal. So I think yeah. when you can re reflect and recognize like your growth in that area of life, I think that's a proud moment, at least for me, because that's probably out of all things, my biggest mental struggle. Like with normal people... I don't care. But like with that point in life, like I've grown drastically. So I'm proud of that. Oh, yeah, that definitely is something to be proud about. I think in general, that's something that teenagers just lack like that insight into what parents had it when they grew up and how different it was. Because I know even for my parents, mm -hmm. like I never understood why they were so strict in certain aspects and you know now that I'm older I understand yeah that is true and I think um I think we only start to see that maybe starting mm -hmm. in our 20s we start to open our eyes to the fact that they just had it different and it wasn't a personal thing against us it was just like they didn't know better and so for that reason I never blame yeah. my mom for like doing things in my eyes I think is like wrong or different I'm just like that's in her mind that's the right way and in my mind this is the right way so we mm. just have a dissonance and you just gotta accept that so I've grown to that I don't think my mom has as much but maybe she has because I'm 23 now and she's what is she gonna do like I'm an adult now so she knows like there's no like changing me to like her framework but um I have accepted this dissonance and like that's just how it's gonna be so for me that's how I deal with it when it when it comes to like the battles yeah. with that I feel like it does also help living away from parents like I know that, that when I moved away for uni it massively mm -hmm. improved my relationship with my parents I think when they can see you're making your own decisions mm -hmm. you're on your t own two feet and you know I mean you're not only surviving you know you're thriving like you know on your own so I feel like then parents mm -hmm. can they I mean they have to start trusting you in that way mm -hmm. yeah I totally agree I just wanted to ask in the sort of post introducing mm -hmm. your podcast you've said that like you've also faced adversity mm -hmm. in your own life and like if only if it's not too personal yeah to share. totally Could you talk us through some examples of like what you've had to overcome yeah so I think a really relatable example that a lot of people will go through is some sort of breakup and for me that was my main personal adversity um and there's a lot of layers to it and I definitely don't mind sharing it because I think when I was at that age so I was 20 years old a junior in college and I had wished that I had like someone maybe two, three years older that, than me that could have mm -hmm. like shared me almost like a little guide as to like how to get through mm -hmm. this. And I definitely didn't have that person. So that's kind of the person I visualize myself as today when I'm speaking on a podcast. I think of myself at that age and what I would have wanted to know, what, what I wish I knew. And I know there's plenty yeah. of 20, 21 year olds that listen to my podcast. So I kind of, just see that similar gap. I'm like two, three years older. And so it, it works out really well. But um, I dated a guy for four years back in my entire four years of college. And I started dating him my freshman year of college. He was a junior. So he's about like two, two and a half years older than me. Um, by sophomore year of college, we started living together. We like had a lease together and everything. <laughs> and then Whoa. we also had a dog <laughs> together. You think that's a lot. We also had a dog together. Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> um, and so long story short, um, we broke up for about like seven, eight months. And the, fortunately, it was really close to the time our lease was ending anyway. So um, but it was a little bit drastic because he like moved out. He moved back to San Diego. He graduated as well. And I was about to be a junior in college and I was transferring to a new school. And so I felt really lost and alone because I didn't have any friends going into the school I had lost 
main my my one of my best friends who actually is no longer one of my friends today if you guys listen to that friendship falling out podcast i had maybe a couple episodes ago ago that was one mm-hmm. of the few friends i had left after the breakup and even today she's no longer a friend for obvious reasons but um those people both of them graduated college so they were older than me and my, that friend moved to new york and then my ex moved back home to san diego and so my dog on the other hand ended up fortunately i still have him but he he lives at home in pennsylvania with my parents now and with my Aww. childhood dog Aww. so it's a, it was a good a scenario um but during the seven months that we had broken up i was at a new school no friends yet, still really, you know, upset, sad about a breakup um, with mm-hmm. someone that I thought, you know, I lived with him for a year. Like, I thought we were yeah. going to, like, yeah. That's a very long time to be together That's intense. Well. Yeah, and, but, I mean, we were a <laughs> yeah. year, a year, we were together, like, eight, nine months prior to that, too. So we were together for, like, almost two years before breaking up for, like, that seven months. Um, mm-hmm. And... I just, I just felt like very alone, classic, you know, breakup, you don't know what to do with your life. And Mm -hmm. I, it's funny, because I look at it in a way where I felt very lucky to have been alone in that scenario, and had no one to rely on, and no one to lean on. Because I think the common thing for most girls, and for obvious reasons to do, is to encourage your, your newly single friend, hey, let's go out, let's go have fun together. Let's go out. Right. Let's go, um, let's go numb this pain pretty much mm-hmm. right and yeah let's go drink let's you know maybe do some weed I don't know like whatever your forte is right and <laughs> I, I I didn't really have that option because I didn't really have girls saying hey Emily let's go do this right um and so for that reason I was like thinking to myself you know I was like reading on a Friday night I was working on a Friday night you know weekend plans were non-existent I didn't have friends to go out with anyways so I was obviously mm-hmm. just imagine like you think like having like one friend is nothing this was like zero friends like this is like literally mm-hmm. not one person to text or hit up okay mm-hmm. um yeah and That's so crazy. it's crazy yeah. right like you guys could like think like you'd have one person to text right now in your area to like get coffee or something I didn't even have that as an option like I might have like you know surface level new friends or acquaintances at my new school but nothing that could be like hey do you want to go get lunch like on Saturday yeah um so for that reason I find that as a blessing because uh I realized like at that point I didn't really have people around me anymore and I started to ask myself is there something that you did or have been doing or the way you treat people that maybe rub people the wrong way maybe that's why you don't have certain people so that was one of the strengths I had was looking into what I may have done wrong and pointing it back to me instead of blaming mm-hmm. it on other people. Like, oh, my life is like this because my ex and I just broke up. Instead, I framed it as, is there something I did that contributed to yeah. the relationship going in that direction? And I look back and I actually admitted multiple times to myself, absolutely. I think there are times where I used to like I get mad at him like if I saw him like another girl's photo and I would be like why do you like this girl's photo and again I was like 19 mm. and very shallow and you know thinking Instagram was the, the mm. shit or whatever um, and just yeah. things like that that would drive people crazy and so I spent those seven to eight months working on changing my framework my way of thinking the first one was being less reactive less emotional towards these very uh you know unnecessary things i mean if someone cuts you off in traffic so be it if someone says your hair is ugly so what right like i started trying Mm. to train myself to think like this because i think that was one of the reasons why i didn't treat people that well at least in my opinion because i think i would get super reactive if someone like criticized me or said something that i thought was offensive i would take it personally and i'd clap back Mm -hmm. at them or say something very nasty which is not very good and so um I think that was just my main personal adversity is just going through a full year of not having good relationships and not having a really tight-knit community of people that supported me and could lift me up Um, but more importantly I just felt like I couldn't think of who Emily Elizabeth was like once I had that breakup and I was like finally in my purest form like completely by myself alone nobody to rely on I was like who are you like who are you without all these people now Mm -hmm. and I looked at that as an opportunity to build the foundation of who Emily Elizabeth was because I felt like you know I like I, I thought to myself okay if you were to go in a relationship again and you were to break up again 
what do you want to feel differently than you do right now? And so um, I would told myself, okay, I don't want to have to be in this peer form with nobody around me and to feel mentally alone and mentally lost. Like I told myself, I want to still have a direction that I'm going in. So that was something I worked on because I feel like a lot of girls our age, when they go through a breakup, they feel lost right away. They, they don't yeah. know where they're going anymore. They're not sure really who to talk to, what to do. They, they don't know if they should play games with their ex, whatever. And I think if you have an idea of just the direction you're going in, even if that person jumps off the boat as you're on your way to that direction, you still have an idea where you're going. And so for me, yeah. um, my ex and I, we, we got back together after that seven months. We dated for like another year and a half, almost two years. And then this time around, I broke up with him because I felt like the chapter really ended and it felt really good um ironically it was like a good breakup like even he might think otherwise but I I felt like (laughs) it was just a healthy breakup it wasn't like someone cheated on the other person it was just simply like hey I think our time is up for this and I think you're gonna find a much better partner like I told him I think you're gonna find a much better partner than me that's more aligned for you and yeah more suited yeah and I'm gonna obviously find a better partner for me that's more suited for me as well so um I think I think that's just kind of like what people need to figure out in their 20s is not necessarily the career not what they want to do but figure out like the foundation of who you are like every time you you bounce you know you 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 get off track how do you bounce back like do you have a little recovery pad to go back to and I feel like a lot of people don't Mm -hmm. and I think the problem is though when most people go through breakups like I said earlier you go to your friends, you want to go out, you want to get drunk, you you want to avoid the pain, you want to avoid thinking about what life is like now. And I think that's what you have to do is you have to face it. And sometimes I would encourage to face it alone, because I don't think all friends have the most best interest for you, even though obviously they technically do. And they say, let's go out and, and do this. But I think um, they're also framing it in a very short term way. And you need people that can help you in a long-term vision so I think that that was my approach when I was I think I was 20 years old I really love that that's so such a healthy way to think of it I think I was just gonna say though that um with because you were saying that it's like when when you go through a breakup that's when you should start well you're not saying then but like that's when you kind of need to figure out who you are but I think it's also interesting for people that are in relationships to hear this as well because Sometimes people, when they are in relationships, they kind of lose themselves and forget who they are. So it would be interesting maybe for everyone who's listening who is in a relationship right now, maybe take a step back and think, who am I without mm-hmm. this relationship? And and like, don't forget what what mm-hmm. your values are and who you are as a person. Because I, I think sometimes like I'm in a relationship now and sometimes I, I really, you know, identify myself with him. And like, mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, I'm as girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I'm especially this year, I've been trying to take the time to figure out who I am and you know what I like to do by myself and not to do everything with him Mm -hmm. so I yeah I like how you said that yeah and I think when you mentioned too like doing things by yourself that was something that I needed to get used to because I used to do a lot of things with that boyfriend and so Mm. going from doing everything with a specific person to doing everything by yourself including eating out by myself like that was all challenges that I gave myself like I went to restaurants by myself sat there with like a glass of wine and I was like so scared at the time and now I look at it I'm like oh that's so fun I'd love to go out to like eat by myself you know it's like really weird but (laughs) I've never done that I know but I think it's like you got to do things that make you feel uncomfortable and I think eating I think doing anything alone makes people feel uncomfortable because it's the you know you're alone you're scared you don't want to be judged that you're alone that kind of thing and I think when you face that head on um it forces you to to just grow and and to to Mm. like develop yourself as a person and develop your maturity and develop your mental strength which is I think what everyone does ultimately want but a lot of people are not willing to go through that and go through the adversity to um to work that out so you know it's 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 ultimately a choice yeah and I think also most of the time like eating out and doing stuff by yourself the main reason people don't want to do it is because they're scared of what others will think rather than Mm-hmm. them not enjoying it by themselves exactly I, well, exactly which, because going out to eat alone and doing stuff alone isn't that normalized i don't think in today's well, I, i'm increasingly seeing it though on instagram like you know take yourself out or like 
with these videos mm-hmm. where it's like, I took myself out on a date and it's like really cute, you know, aesthetic videos. So I've recently seen it, but mm-hmm. not a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, definitely, I think it's all about people being scared of being judged for eating alone and like looking like they have mm-hmm. no friends. But I think when you can face your fears like head on and just like actually do it, you realize it's not as bad as you think. And you realize that everyone... Yeah will look at you maybe for a split second and they'll go back to their own conversation and they will not remember you. They will not give a shit and life moves on. And I think you'll never see them again. Exactly. Anyways. Exactly. So, you know, I, I think, I think you, I mean, I go on solo trips now. I spent New Year's Eve by myself this year, which was so fun. I went to Scottsdale, Arizona by myself, met random strangers there, went out with them and it was a fun time. Like that was just kind of like, you know, just, we just had like, you know, dinner at that hotel and and yeah (laughs) I love that I feel like you have to be a really confident person as well though to do stuff like that so and like even that is true yeah you do but like us looking at your content as well we we notice that you do appear to be a very confident girl which we love like we love to see that (laughs) so but we want to know um has your journey with confidence always been like this or is it like a have you recently like after the breakup has it come out I don't know like what's your Mm -hmm. experience with your confidence journey Really good question. Uh, for me, my confidence journey, um, yes, really did start when during the breakup and during the time I was just figuring out who I was again. And I think, like I said earlier, when I started doing things that scared me, like going to the mall by myself, going to restaurants and eating and dining there by myself, um, just doing anything like that. And also, again, like talking about my insecurities, which is funny because it's related to an episode that I released today. But, um, you mm. know, it's, 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 it's rather counterintuitive. And I think it does take a, it takes a lot of balls to like come out and say things like, you know, I suck at this or I am, um, you know, five pounds more than I would like to, right? I think that's a lot of guts to say. And a lot of people might criticize and say, no, you should do self-love and all that. I think mm. when you, when, when you say what you, what you, like, when you say something you're insecure about and it's something you want to improve and when you say it out loud and you're like, all right, I'm five pounds overweight and I want to shed those five pounds. Um, my mom, for example, is a great person. I would say, Emily, that's so negative and so mean to say, about yourself or say about another person. And I think that's actually giving yourself self-love because you're giving yourself the window of opportunity to change that. And when you change that, that's how you become confident because insecurities mm. are what make you not confident, right? And that's why yeah. when people point out your pimple or your acne or your, your like mm. pale skin, I don't know, whatever it is that make people insecure, when they, when they get pointed out on that, they feel insecure. And they're not confident, right? That's why they like hide that fit part of their face that has acne. I don't know, like I've been there, right? But like that's why when you yeah. talk about it and when you say, yep, this is what I have and I'm working on it, suddenly that insecurity doesn't seem that powerful anymore because you're the one that called yourself out, not other people. So for me, that's mm-hmm. what I did. I called myself out for things that I knew were already shit that I needed to work on. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go work on this. And yeah. then that's why I became confident because I said, all right, I want to lose five pounds. I went to the gym. I I did certain workouts and I just focused on that. And then I was no longer insecure about those five pounds. I'm like, well, I lost them now. And now I'm more confident because the journey that put me through that is like, is what makes you confident because you do it every day. You wake up at 6 a.m., you go work out or work out after work, 5, 6 p.m., whatever that may be. And the more you do that, the more confident you get because it's just like a natural you know, instinct for your brain. You're like, wow, I'm doing this every day. Like I'm getting better. I'm in the gym with all these 6amers too, you know? So that's my mentality about it. And I think some people might argue like that's anti-self-love, but I think it is self-love because <laughs> if it's something you want to correct and you admit it out loud, you're giving yourself grace and love to go improve and do that, yeah. which is self-love. See, I find, so. <laughs> I find this so interesting because I've had, I ha- literally had this conversation with myself earlier today. Like, okay, I talk to myself in my head. I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> but I was, because I have like, um, I have a few job interviews coming up. And I was just telling myself, I'm like, I'm not good at video interviews. It's not my thing. Like, I'm not good. And then in my head, I was like, stop being so negative about yourself, Kata. You are good. Like, you, you know, I was trying to be all self-care. But mm-hmm. it's interesting what you're saying now where actually it would probably be better for me to own up. Like, okay, I'm not the best at them. But how do I improve? What there should I do? Go. Yeah. To take this problem and change it. So mm-hmm. 
I, I that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong. Like that's the thing. Like there's nothing wrong with saying you're at level one at something because if you never admit it, then you're never gonna get to level ten. Because if you just yeah. automatically think you're like level five, well, you're like duping yourself. You're literally screwing yourself over by pretending that you're there, but <laughs> to, you're not. Like it's like exam. So it, it's it's like taking um in America we take SAT exams to get into college, right? You guys have similar mm. exams you take, right? And the first time you take it, maybe your math score is really low, but you're you're pretending in your head that's way higher than the next time you take it you're duping yourself because you're like yeah i'm gonna get this score but you haven't done a single thing to improve <laughs> on your math score like why would you yeah. like like why would you trick yourself because you're screwing yourself over because there's no way you're gonna improve that score because you didn't do anything so to fix true. it and you didn't do anything to fix it because you thought you were already there but you're really not you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i think um definitely something that people may call me out on but i'm more than happy to debate on which is um, like I know a lot of people love mental health, self care. I'm all about it. I have gone through my personal adversities, depression, whatever you call it. Like I've gone to therapy, counselors, but like I, I think that the most, um, the interesting way to get confidence is to call yourself out on your flaws and mm-hmm. then correct it. But again, if it's flaws that you don't care about, then those are usually not your insecurities anyways, right? Cause if you don't yeah, care, yeah. you wouldn't be so like, sensitive when someone says that about you you exactly you see what i'm saying so i think it's usually something that people do want to fix but it's it's getting to step one to fix it that's like really hard for people it's like oh i have to drag myself to the gym you know like that is like the hard (laughs) part but that's why it's like discipline that's why it's just all about discipline and if you can do it one time or once a week it's better than zero times a week so that's my mentality about it but yeah definitely can come off a little harsh to some people I definitely have to admit that like I am a little I'm a little blunt um but I think because I I realized I would not be where I am who I am right now which you know obviously I I can tell a lot of people admire me for it and I'm like I'm glad you admire it but you also like I do I'm here because I have a lot of tough love on myself and I think yeah people can start to shift there a little bit they can get there just as well like there's nothing different between me and like the girl next door it's just about your framework your mindset yeah I think that's so interesting I think the key is really just to be honest with yourself no matter like what that may be because I know that in my personal example it would have been that like especially like speaking about sort of exercise and like diet Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing that I maybe was convincing myself that I was exercising like a healthy amount or I was like moderating my food in a healthy amount when actually I wasn't and I was like too controlling with it so for me it was actually important and like the healthiest thing to do was to realize that Mm. okay my mindset isn't the healthiest so in order for me to become confident like I think that is the shift that I needed to make so I think it's Mm -hmm. like so interesting that that is I think that is truly the key is just being honest with yourself and where you where there's areas where you're still having those blocks up like where where you can feel this like disparity of okay that's where I want to be and I'm pretending Mm -hmm. I'm there like for me it was like I'm pretending I'm fine but like in reality Mm -hmm. like I wasn't in that instance you know and I think that your (laughs) mind your mind knows Mm -hmm. like instinctively like deep down you know you're lying to yourself and that's how like it does it does <laughs> convey and it like shines through in like your yeah. actions and how oh, yeah. you talk to yourself in your mind and I think that is such an important message so yeah I love that mm-hmm. yeah just that a key thing to think of as well is as long as these changes that you want to make are changes you're making because of your own thoughts and not pressures of anyone else because I think that's when it gets toxic when you're like I need to lose weight because everyone else around me is making fun of my weight that's not Mm -hmm. healthy but if you look at yourself Mm -hmm. and you say I could be happier you know and I feel healthier and better about myself five kilos like Mm -hmm. lighter then as long as you're making that decision by yourself then I think that's that's healthy it's just when the when you feel like you need to make changes because of other pressures around you that's when it could be a bit tricky with this conversation yeah yeah, and like I said, I think I think it's two aspects of that process that builds confidence is one, admitting it out loud to yourself and actually, again, calling yourself out on it versus letting other people call you out on it and you obviously getting sensitive to it. But the second thing is like the process of doing it. Like if you're going to the gym once a week and before you were going never, then that process of like going is going to make you confident because you're like, 
by the third week, you're like, oh my God, like this is part of who I am now. Like mm-hmm. I'm the type of girl that goes to the gym. And then, you know, after a month, you increase it to two times a week. And then you're like, wow, I'm in the gym two times a week. I'm like super dope. Like you start <laughs> to get those endorphins and like those feelings of confidence because you're like shit like I'm doing something that is really good for myself and I've been doing this for six weeks now you know like so that action makes you confident and then correcting that or you know improving that insecurity Mm -hmm. from insecurity to where I want to be that is also building confidence so those two things combined build a lot of confidence which is why you guys like you said you know you find that I am a confident person it's for the reason I've just explained now I called myself on everything I said I wanted to change if that meant me saying hey I think I'm a really shitty person to (laughs) certain people I gotta fix that people were like usually like damn like that's pretty interesting that you say that i'm like well if you don't call yourself out on it who who are you waiting to call you out on it you know what i mean and i and i think yes it's hard but i i do think the world would benefit from a little bit of it if you know if each person could find what it is they want to improve because i know that's what we all want we want growth we want improvement we want to be happy Mm -hmm. and i think part of that is just improving along the way as a person and um part of that as well is just unfortunately having to call yourself on it when you need to (laughs) i love it i'm getting main character energy from you which is so cool (laughs) (laughs) wait what is that what is that what's main character energy have you not okay i don't know if you've seen it but it's just everyone is saying like you know live live your life like you're the main character in the movie like you know the world revolves around you you, but not in like a bad way as in you live your life we should all be our own we should all be the main characters in our own movies yeah Yeah, 100 (laughs) percent. like we're all like the same like there's there's no reason we shouldn't you know yeah that's my belief there's no reason like we're not better than the other like there's no reason why we can't all do it ourselves that's my personal philosophy (laughs) yeah and i guess like our brains learn from experience as well so if you've proven to yourself that you can do something Mm -hmm. you're more likely to then go out for opportunities in the future because you already know that you're capable Mm -hmm. and it kind of just like builds that confidence in your skills Mm -hmm. 